Welcome back to the Black Butterfly Experience. I am Sayer Sultan. And this is your boy, Moan J. Welcome back, everybody. Welcome back. So this episode, we are on part two of talking about incarceration and mental health. And this was a very important subject that we wanted to touch on following um, just bringing awareness to the Khalif Browder story and how often that happens in the prison system and in systems general. So this is part two where we're actually talking to a young man who um, is in that same generation. He's a millennial and he uh, got into the system and failed to uh, identify any mental health issues he was struggling with Mm -hmm. uh, for failure stigma and lack of trust of systems. And um, he began suffering in silence a little bit, but didn't really know what that was. And so we got a chance to talk with him and walk him through. And I just wanted people to hear how um, how difficult it is for people to express their feelings and how important it is for them to feel safe to do so and feel like they can trust the person they're talking to to get them some help. And a lot of times that's why we will go suffering in silence and will not get this properly addressed simply because we don't feel safe. And we also, we don't feel like we have the right to feel this way because of things we have made, we have, we have done Mm -hmm. in our past. Absolutely. Yeah. A lot of times uh, we, we feel like we don't deserve to be happy. We don't deserve to be um, taken care of mentally and a lot of times, you know, we just go, like you said, we just go silent and don't and don't say anything at all. Right. So uh, you will see this young man is uh, very special. And I want to just really offer some some transparency. He is actually my son and he was convicted of, um, of some nonviolent crimes and he uh, had to suffer the consequences. Well, he had to pay, repay his debt to society and he had to serve some consequences for his behavior. And although it is unfortunate, but um, he had to, he had to take this one, but that does not mean he does not have the right to, um, to, to care. It does not mean he has the right to not have his mental health addressed. But first you will see that he didn't realize he, that was even a problem. And we want people to see you go through all these traumatic events and completely ignore the physical signs and symptoms that your body is giving you simply because you are used to this. This is norm. Having guns drawn on you, being arrested, taken to jail, being booked, facing a judge who has their life in your hands, going to a prison system. And you mean to tell me you feel nothing? Right. No, let, let's walk you back and help you feel what that was. And let's identify that. And, you know, let's not Let's try to help your mind not deteriorate and keep your mental strength. But that is going to take some help. So we want to bring awareness to those who may not um, have that confidence or even the understanding of how to reach out for help. And we also want to point out the the importance of having a mental health professional. Yeah. Um, talk with people and somebody who's culturally conscious. Um, understanding the walk of life these people are coming from and how to speak their language and get them comfortable to really identifying. So from the the point of being booked and um, having that interview, 
asking them, you know, going in depth, maybe not even at that point, but a couple of days later, bringing them in the office and sitting them down and having the evaluation and making it a comfortable space to say, hey, um, if you feel this way, this is the place that you come to, come talk to us, and then we'll do, we'll look at something further and just make sure we at least keep you mentally on the right path while you do your time here. So it's, I just wanted to kind of share, let him share his story and his side of what he's experienced and what about his experience as a mom. I'm sure there's plenty of moms yeah. out there that can relate yeah. and family members that have someone in the same position. Yeah, I know as we were having this conversation, I could tell, you know, there's some parts you were taken aback and you kind of had a flashback of what was going on during that time, what was going on during that situation and everything of that nature. So it, it's, it's, uh, I, I know it was kind of traumatic having that conversation. It, it was, you know, I could, I could tell, I could feel the energy in the room. I yeah. could feel the energy in the room. Yes. And so when we talk back, look back at our brother Khalif, just imagine, you know, what, was happening and still not being like I didn't do that right and having to go directly to sit in a and be in solitary confinement for 800 days now his story is not like Khalif's but I want us to you know see that comparison now imagine that now what he's talking about right imagine what Khalif was experiencing probably 10 to 15 times stronger and he actually did cry out for help he right. did have an attempt and steal nothing. Yeah. So it's, it's important to, you know, pay attention to those that are incarcerated, um, regardless of what they did, because they still deserve help. They, they still deserve, as you say all the time, you say everyone deserves uh, yes. proper treatment for mental health. Everyone deserves health care, um, regardless of what you did, um, what you didn't do, what you should have did. Everyone deserves it. And, and like I said, this conversation was very, um, it was very eye-opening for me. Um, and, and just for just seeing you two interact as well, too, yes. just having that, uh, that son and, um, and mother interaction. And, you know, you can kind of tell that he's, you know, he's still your son. No matter what situation yes. he's gone through, he is still yep. your son. And uh, it was just good to, you know, hear. And I know for you, it's probably just good to hear his voice um, as many times as you can. So it was great. It was just great. It was. And I'm also proud because he took full ownership. And so I'm not abandoning him, you know, in this yeah. process. And that's what I want the listener to understand. Yes, this is my son. This is my loved one. But um, I am using him as an example. I do this work. So I want to stand behind it. And so um, he's allowed us to share. It was actually courageous of him um, who does live with the stigma of having a label of mental health and wanting not to have that label you know, on him. So I really hope everyone um, gets something out of this interview. And if anything, just think about those or even yourself who may be struggling with identifying what this feels like, or am I, am I experiencing this? Don't have to second guess it. Go talk to a professional and let yeah. them help you figure that out. Absolutely. Yeah. So without further ado, here is uh, the interview. I hope you enjoy and uh, get something out of it and, 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 and uh, show some empathy and sympathy as well, too, um, for someone that uh, that is, uh, exp- is on their mental health journey from not being able to express it to now just, you know, having conversations and saying, hey, I was scared. Hey, I was, 
you know, uh, fear for my life and, and, and things of that nature. And this is another example of what we call the butterfly experience. Yes. Going to that cocoon, not knowing, waiting, sitting idle. Then we develop into that caterpillar. Like, oh, okay. I'm in a place where I can open mm-hmm. to hear some things. And now we go into the butterfly where we are addressing it, getting better. And when he comes out, hopefully that behavior will be corrected. He has a different and a healthier mindset to operate on. And then he can avoid going back to that. So this is another prime example for me as um, what I consider the butterfly experience. And sticking to professionalism is also important and, um, and could have a big impact a positive impact on the mental health um, condition uh, for those living in incarceration. So if you stick to your professionalism, you don't have to intimidate in the way where you are name calling and um, putting fear and, you know, feeling like they are feeling like they're nothing like Quincy's um, he's described. I don't think they understand how if you stick to your professionalism, how that could have a positive impact on the on the mental health and create a better environment, a better conducive environment for those who may be struggling, who are yet to be identified. So uh, the, these are preventable issues. Um, there's always going to be some issues, but let's do our part as professionals and stick to our code of ethics and professionalism. And I, I guarantee you, you'll see uh, a bigger difference. So without further ado, here is the interview um, that we hope you enjoy. Oh, an inmate at McNaughton Correctional Center. Your account balance is $18.96. To hear the ch- all calls other than properly placed, attorney and calls may happened. be monitored and recorded. Thank you for using IC Solutions. You may begin speaking now. Hi, Quincy. Thank you for joining me. Hello. Okay. So we want to talk about, um, you know, your mental health journey and this process you've been going through with your incarceration. And we just want to start. Uh, we've been talking a lot about anxiety around being approached by the police and mental health services in prison system and just mental health well-being in the prison system. So we're hoping you can give us some outlook on that today and some insight um, about your experience and you being a millennial and um, your thoughts around addressing mental health. Okay. All right. So let's first talk about how, what was going through your mental health state when you were first approached and apprehended by the police and the situation that got you where you are today? What were you feeling? Uh, my first thought was, like, man, it's over. I'm gone for a long time. Because uh, the statue my car. Yeah. And, and it was a lot of time the opioid epidemic was going on, too. Yeah. So... I just was like, man, it's gonna be, it's gonna be a long time before I get to see my family. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, who's gonna help my grandmother? Who's gonna help my mom? Like, things of that nature. So that was real big on my mind. It created, and, yes, sir. Did it create a lot of anxiety for you? How did you feel about 
you know, your state of life at that time? Did you, knowing you were going, you felt like you were going away for a long time. What did you feel about your own life? Did you feel like giving up, giving in? No, I didn't feel like giving up. I just, at first, the first thought was to get out of the house. Mm-hmm. Because the first Now tell us about, you know, well, when the police, when you were approached by the police, how did you trust they were going to be professional and do what they needed to do? Did you feel any fear that this could go wrong or you wouldn't get yeah. due process? Yeah, because it was so, it was scary. Like, they popped up on the blue. I didn't go to jail in a real police car. I went to jail in a normal car. Mm. So you just that anxiety kind of suffocated you, not knowing where you were going and if you were right. going to the right place. Oh, that's, right. that's interesting. How did how did they how did they handle you? Did you did you feel like they did too much force? Did you did you feel like? You know, cause I didn't have too much force because I guess I was cooperating. Like I just got down on the ground. Only thing I was there trying to have a dog bite me. So I was like, man, no, I ain't like, no, um, I'm good. I describe that. What do you mean when they they wanted the dog to bite you? Cause at first I was finna attempt to run. Okay. So. I'm like, no, I see I couldn't hop the gate. So I was like, no, I got right down. He tell me if I move an inch, you know, I just dog bite my effing head off. Did they have uh, guns drawn on you or anything like that? Yeah. Did you feel at any moment with those guns drawn on you, did you feel at any moment that you could possibly be shot by these police officers? Tell me what that felt like. Yes, because I'm like, man, I got this gun. I'm like, man, I, like, I don't want to have to, I don't want to reach for it and throw it because I know if I try to, I'm going to get shot. <laughs> like, I'm like, no, I can't, I can't reach for it. So I just got right on the ground. I told him, like, man, I got a gun. I'm like, I ain't want to for them to have to try to find it. Then he's like, oh, he got a gun, he got a gun. He tried to shoot me, so I was a little scared right there, too. <sighs> Mm, yeah, yeah. I'm glad. I'm glad you did tell them that because you know all the stuff going on in the in the news right now, man. They just itching, trigger finger, finger just. Right, and it's around the time too, like the police killing was just starting. Like mm-hmm. they just got out of this, this severe incident, and then the 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 incident that happened at the lake. Yeah, with the other young man. Oh yeah, I forgot about that. Wow. Yeah. 
So mm-hmm. this was about this was about a week after that 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 happened. So I'm like, oh, oh he's not playing. No, I thank you for um, cooperating. I'm you know, so happy that didn't turn out the other way. Let's talk about how you felt. Now you are detained. Now you are in the cell and you're waiting and you're thinking about everything that happened and not really knowing what the future holds. Talk about your mental health and those feelings you know, around that? Or is there any worry, anxiety? Like, talk about that. Take us through that. Um, like, as far as worries, I don't know how I know. My worries right now is just that I'm able to keep the same mind that I have now in my mind's group over the years. So I'm just worried that I'm going to be able to keep it and just do better, like try to stay away from life of crime. Period. I just want to be able to do better, make my family proud. That's my only worry, and I don't fall back into evilness. Yeah, but I want you to walk back. I want you to take back to we're going back to when all of this first happened. Um, when you were first got to jail after they were after you were detained, and now you're sitting in jail. You hadn't had a court date yet. We don't know exactly what's going on yet. Um, I want you to talk about your mental state. They're sitting there waiting. And, you know, just everything is happening now. You're in that cell. One minute remaining. All the thoughts are crashing down. Um, Want me to call back and say one minute? Yes. All right, I'm going to call back in like two minutes. Okay. Quincy? Okay. So I want you to walk us back and tell us how you were feeling when now you're you're detained now you're at the jail you you know you haven't been to court yet this just happened your family doesn't know um you know your life probably just flashed before your eyes when in that situation um tell us how you were feeling mentally and emotionally waiting now now you're caught Like, man, what's gonna happen? Like, what's what's next? Like, I haven't seen the judge. I haven't seen. I haven't seen nothing. Like, I I waited thirty days before I got charged. So I'm, I'm just sitting there waiting. Like, what's gonna happen? I'm not knowing that. Like, my co-defendant is telling. I don't know what's going on. So it's a lot of depression going on. Mm. A lot, a lot of stress. Did anyone check on you mentally? Um, did the did the jails offer any like therapeutic anything for somebody to just come in in jail? Um, you know, did you know how to express any thoughts of anxiety or depression, or felt comfortable expressing that to the jail staff that you might need some help? Did you feel as if they would use anything um, against you or if you were to tell them anything? Nah, I don't feel like that. 
I just feel like they didn't care. Mm. Now, we're talking about not now. We're talking about when you were in jail waiting for charges, waiting for your um, court dates and things like that. Was there any uh, mental health evaluation offered or mental health assistance offered at that time? So tell me what that looks like. What do they do? They start telling you the book off, and they ask you all these questions. Are you feeling like you want to kill yourself? Are you depressed? Things like that. And you told them no. Yeah, I told them no on every question. And why is that? Why was that at the time? And what was your fear of medication in that in that situation? Because I've seen a lot of people get lost and they just get lost taking meds. Because it wasn't my first time going to jail, so I I, I seen what it could do to people. Mm. So you seen a negative impact that right. medication can have, and that's been your takeaway. So, you essentially just tried to bear with your emotions and your mental state on your own. And then you mentioned not trusting them. Um, you felt like they didn't care. What What was happening? How did they approach you where you felt like they really didn't care? How did that feel to you? Like, why did you think that? Because it's like, you know somebody didn't care. And I just seen them and they were just doing their job and trying to get somebody get somebody out their face. Mm. Mm. So you, you feel like another number, just another person. Basically like another number. Just another person. So do you think if you would have answered yes to some of those questions, what did they tell you? Like, did they explain to you if, hey, if you are, you know, feeling... Um, you're struggling with mental health issues. This is some of the things that we offer. Was there any conversation around that? No, they just say if you're feeling these type of ways, come talk to us. <laughs> but I know, I know you answer some of the questions. You tell them like you feel like killing yourself, or you can put in that turtle suit and put in the hole. Mm-hmm. All calls it. other than properly placed attorney calls may be monitored and recorded. I was going to say, did you feel like they would have added, besides the medication, if you would have answered yes to any of those questions, they would have adequately, you know, gave you the proper treatment or they would have just gave you what they felt that you needed or to subdue you or, or what have you? So essentially, you know, another example of lost trust in the systems, you know, to get better care. All right. So let's fast forward now. Um, you know, your court date is coming up. Talk about the feelings that you had then. Um, knowing that, and then let's talk about feelings after you were convicted. 
So going into court, what are those feelings like? What are those nerves like? I don't know if it's just me, but me, I got this like cold feeling, like, and I just was shivering. Mm. Like, what's gonna happen? Like, what on? Like, what am I charged with? Like, what's going on? Like, can they get to throwing these numbers out? <laughs> like, what the? Like, what's the maximum that these these charges hold? Mm. And before I went in court, I met with a lawyer. And he was telling me like, what what should, what should I expect? And he was telling me to like, wait my preliminary hearing, and which I did, but which I shouldn't have did. Yeah. So I was just new to the new to the situation. So I'm like, what should I expect? Like, what what are they gonna do? So with the with those thoughts though, did those thoughts keep you up at night? How were you were you able to sleep? You know, were you pacing? Do you feel, you know, were you able to eat? Yeah, I was. Yeah, I was able to eat. I was. I was able to eat. Cause you gotta eat. Like, no matter what. Like, I was in there for so long. Like, you gotta eat something, or you gonna die. Yeah. So there was a time that you were not eating? Yeah, I couldn't. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's what I we're talking about. Um, yeah. Just being self-aware of those feelings and what that means. And right. I don't, you know, I don't expect you to have, you know, the answers, but this is just something, you know, our side of our conversations, just about being self-aware of what's mentally going on and how you feel and being able to right. recognize that and ask for help. Um, without feeling the stigma of feeling crazy right. or, you know, not trusting medications because of, you know, other past things. So that's why I'm asking you to kind of walk back to see, you know, if you were even aware that that was mental and emotional um, symptoms. Um, and now, you know, now, all right, you've been in prison, you've been convicted tried and charged and now you're off. What is that 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 ride, that bus ride up to the prison leading up to the prison? What are those feelings like? I it is real like it's like a real on every single prison is like going up a dirt road. Mm-hmm. Being in the middle of nowhere. So it's like man, like what but like you know it's and you see on TV, you see all these stories about prison, like yeah. people getting stabbed and stuff like that. So, you know, that's what you're expressing yourself to expect. So, it's like, I ain't gonna lie, I was scared. Yeah, it's okay to say yeah, that. Yeah, don't, ain't nothing wrong to say that. Um, what was it like when you, well, since we, you I said you were scared on the bus, like, what were your thoughts about the other, uh, you know, um, uh, inmates on the bus, like, what, what, I mean, did you think, like, oh, what, you know, were you kind of figuring out, like, okay, what did he do to get here, or what were your thoughts about the other? Yeah, she, you know, make small talk with him. I'm mm-hmm. this on my own bus ride, so, you know, everybody telling a nice, telling a nice side of the story, so it's like, you know, mm-hmm. big on, and then sometimes you can just look at a person and know what he's in for. Mm-hmm. Okay, wow. 
That's me. So now we talk about we have feelings of fear. Um, I want to help you identify what anxiety looks like and tell me if any of that, you know, you felt any of that. Now, I know you probably know what a, a little sense of anxiety now that, you know, we have more talks, but uh, those physical feelings of, you know, shakes and nervous, like you said, that time you just suddenly start getting cold. Did that feeling ever come back? Do you feel like now that you you know you've gotten to your destination where you're gonna spend this time at? Um, and no, I don't expect you know warm and fuzzy feelings, but was there any sense of trust um, with the staff that you know you're at least in secure hands? Did you feel at any time or any worries or concern that you know something can happen to you? You know. By their hands. Yeah. All calls other than properly placed attorney calls may be monitored and recorded. They, they're racist. They talk to you. They talk to you crazy. Like, they talk to you. You know what I'm saying? Like, you just a nothing. Like, mm. How does that make you feel? Anger. Mm. Yeah. They try to belittle you. Mm. Anger. Do you feel like there is, is there any way to, you know, report staff that, you know, that is making you belittling you or, or treating you like, you know, like you not a human being? It is, it is, but to the average person, you know what I'm saying, the process so long, it makes them like, don't even want to do it no more. Do you have any feelings of if you were to do something like that, that they'll start, you know, you know, messing with you any uh, even more? Some, some of them do. Mm. Some, but some of them are just back off. Mm. It just depends on what you're dealing with. Have you ever had the one minute remaining? The courage to say one day, "Hey, you know that." made me feel upset. I feel like you are belittling me. Um, that does make me feel anger. Have you ever had a conversation with one of them to express, you know, their their professionalism or lack thereof? Yeah, but you know, not in a professional way. Yeah. It was more in a kind of rage, ang- argument, a challenge. Yeah, and that don't get you nowhere, so the best thing you can do is just all right well i thank you for sharing i know that was brave of you to share your feelings yeah we appreciate you um really appreciate you you know we're always praying over you and um we'll talk more about you know these feelings and better address but this is something new for you too right being able to talk about these feelings so i'm just glad you were able to share it with us
So I just wanted to thank everyone for tuning in today. I hope someone was able to get some healing from this. And if anyone has any questions or looking for any advice or any guidance to this situation, you can reach out to me and I'm happy to answer any questions in this arena that you may have. I hope everyone stays safe and stay well. And I hope you will continue to follow me on this journey. Thanks, everyone.